0: Well, shalom everyone. Uh, I hope that you hear me. Do you hear me? I'm on... Uh, can you hear me now? Yes, okay. Very good. Good evening. We got a few minutes. And uh, uh, I see here Jack. Hello, Jack. we like to see you one day again. Ellen and Eileen. And Noah Ray. Tom and Karen, welcome tonight. And uh, and uh, any question for me, uh, to kind of I can address during the class from last time. Yes, go ahead. Uh, I'm feeling fine. Thank you so much. This was just a little kind of a, a flu-like. Uh, that you know that's two days of running nose and that's it I'm fine thank you any question all right so we're about to continue our story Uh, remember our topic is actually idolatry and we kind of uh, uh, we emphasize we, we talk about the idolatry, certain kind of idolatry, where uh, fraction, where people can worship only. Uh, yeah, last, uh, Jack is asking me, last week when you were discussing the Bnei Elohim, yeah, go ahead. What was the question? You, uh, you stated that within Judaism there is no tradition that angle and women yeah they mixed together well uh, you know, of course the Midrash is uh, saying that intermingling that, uh, I, I, what I, I didn't say I mean I said that uh, there is a esoteric there is an esoteric interpretation that the Bnei Elohim, Of course, this is what we were. We, as children, uh, when when we were when we were learned at first grade, third, second grade, the, the Bnei Elohim, So the teacher told us there were angels that fell from heaven and mixed with with women, you know, and that's what we we learn as a children, and I figure out as a child, I figure out where the sky opened up and the angel fell down stood at the ground, looked around, and saw beautiful women, and took them to wife. Only later on, when you start learning the Zohar, and you start learning the Midrashim, you, you see the other explanation. Elokim here is a, is a most, most commentaries say that uh, Elokim is secular here, Ibn Ezra and other Elokim is a judge a secular judge, so the children of Elohim are the son of the judges, of the leader, wherever they were. And in that, in that interpretation, the Azar and Uziel were just mighty people. This is the church's interpretation, yes, that the angels fell from, from heaven. As I said, this really fit, it, uh, I think you. that's what you're talking about, that it fits, the church to to hang on that explanation that they promulgated that the divine came down to mix down with the human being and that's a precedent or precedent for, for another occasion that the heavenly Heavenly figure came down to cohabit with the woman and give birth to the Messiah, so we know that we understand that why the church is sticking to that, uh, but the Midrash is is a very esoteric and it should not take in, and in fact, it should not taking in a simplistic way because usually there is no uh, there is no other, usually Judaism shy away from that mixing of, of divine with man. And Elohim here really is, most of the Farshim talk say that Elohim is actually secular here. The judges or the, or the judges or leaders, uh, according to the Zohar, it's the, it specifically the children of Elohim were the kind. The kind descended, and apparently why they called Shinal Rokim, is opposed to to the to the enemies, to the enemies where Shet and was were stuck to 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 the Hashem, to Yudhevafke only. So each fraction stuck to its own own version of, of idolatry. My question is, Engel, if Engel, if how can they in intercourse with Kobala? That's of course. That's, of course, the question that uh, you, can, you can address to the Vatican. Uh, the, the Midrashic, the Jewish Midrash, uh, is a very esoteric, and it's not accepted by, by the mainstream Judaism, which is the is Zohar, and most of the commentary, if you open up the commentary in the Torah, you will see that many of them say, Elokim here is a secular title, and not angel at all. So let's not even discuss how can it be, because Judaism, it cannot be. We take it, maybe there is, an, when I say Judaism, under the umbrella of Judaism, there is always 70 opinion, And you can always find one rabbi or two rabbis who say, yeah, it was angel who came down and mixed with woman. Uh, but but that's not the, the posture of, of Judaism. And I think the Zohar... Um, is a is a poetical I don't know whoever reads the Zohar and you need to to one day kind of uh, read it in, in, in with a with a, with a good teacher because the Zohar is a poetry of Judaism it 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 was elevated to such a high level today because higher than it's all considered holy than 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 even the Talmud why is that because the, the whoever wrote the Zohar and it doesn't mean doesn't really we don't we know to enter the discussion who wrote this Zohar? Was it a Spanish scholar or was it really a first century uh, scholar or, or did it come from from Moses himself? I don't Abraham, Moses. It doesn't matter who wrote it, but whoever wrote it, the language, the fire, the face, the the expression of the poetry there really expresses Judaism so much that almost everything we do today, when I go to the synagogue, almost everything I do there, all my prayer, most of my prayer uh, are are, uh, anchored in the Zohar and the Zohar really took the beautiful the beautiful posture that the the children of Elohim are are those children of kind and you you understand from that that they they actually believed in Elohim to compensate for their father uh, misgiving uh, so, but uh, the the notion that the uh, divine they can mix with with uh, fell from heaven and mix with men—that's that's really, I understand why the church uh, adopted that uh, that particular esoteric midrash. There are many many esoteric midrash that some scholars pick up and to to negate Judaism. Uh, I don't want to go into that now. Right now, I, I read the the book written by. By a famous uh, she's now the king of of uh, of of literature of uh, religious literature uh, karen Armstrong and, and you 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 really see how she pick up an esoteric line from some esoteric midrash somewhere to to suddenly come out and negate the entire torah uh, whereas uh, it's an esoteric she she you know she magnify an esoteric thing. And it's not mainstream Judaism. Anyhow, let's go to our topic. We don't have much time to dwell on that. Ready to go? Okay. So, uh, let's pick up where we finished last time. And uh, we, we we said that, the, of, of course, the, the humanity was split into two. Uh, Enos followers and kind followers. Each one pushing to his own side and, uh, and causing, causing humanity to, to transgress, adultery, adultery, bloodshed, theft, terrible corruption. Each from its own side. So whoever you follow, if you follow uh, only Hashem without Elohim you end up with terrible bloodshed, theft, and everything. Because you believe then that everything is forgiven. Mercy is already around, so no no fear from Elokim. The Torah is abrogated. So that happened to you if you follow only mercy, like Kerenos. If you turn around and you follow, you follow Elohim only, uh, like the children of Elohim, you ended up with a very insensitive to, to human suffering because tooth for a tooth, eye for an eye, you, know, you, call, you hang, you stone, and you become insensitive to human being, to human plight. And uh, that caused the demise or the fall of, of, of the children of Elohim. They are called Nephilim, as we said last week. Nephilim is a giant who fell, not from heaven, but they fell from grace. And they fell from grace because originally they were really pious, self, uh, self-exclaim uh, uh, pious people who adhere to the law in its particular and and, and and committed harsh retribution for any little sin, uh, claiming that they follow Elohim to compensate for the father, for a father, uh, murderous deed. But this posture, without mercy, also corrupt, gave him power and corrupted and ended up with the same thing as a shed. So now, humanity is divided into two parts and Noah is born. Let's. Last time we said some. we already started learning about Noah, but I think it's deserve, Noah deserve, that we will repeat some of the stuff again and maybe emphasizing some more point as we said uh, last time that Noah was of course born on a certain background 10 generations after Adam and as the Torah says the, uh, his father Lamech called him uh, Noah, saying that this shall comfort us for all for, uh, for all our work and the toil of our hand. For the curse which Hashem has cursed. So his pious uh, father called him Noah. As to as to emphasize that this man is going to comfort us. Uh, now the fact that he was born ten generations after Adam is important. Because uh, between him, between Noah and, uh, and Adam and Abraham later on. Uh, there were there were also 10 generation so between adam and noah there are 10 generation and then it took the creator another 10 generation to develop another character his name is abraham so you see the Torah teaches us here how the Hashem, the creator of nature caused a bring Righteous people uh, develop. Uh, it takes time to engineer. Uh, we, today we would call it guided genetic engineering uh, to 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 develop a righteous person. In fact, the same to- the same story goes uh, very deep level in 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 the story of King David, how from the spark of Solomon Gomorrah from the evil of Sodom and Gomorrah it took so many generations to develop into Ruth Moabite and from Ruth uh, David and from David the son of David so the son of David goes all the way from Sodom and Gomorrah to become the most righteous person on earth so genetic engineering takes that many generations under certain environment to develop people, certain people so the Torah teaches us that that Hashem could create Noach in in a, in, a slip, in a snap of a finger, but He didn't do that. He developed it through ten, ten generations of a line of righteous people that came from Sheth. Shet, Shet himself was, was the, the most righteous child of Adam, and from Sheth came Enosh, and from Enosh came all the other line of ten, ten generation, eight eight generation or seven generation after after Enosh that Noach came about so it takes that long for Hashem to, to engineer uh, Noach and then it will take that many time to engineer uh, to produce Abraham that's the hand of Hashem who who, who, invent, who who created nature and it's a very important notion here it's part of the Noach belief Noach believes Bnei Noach, Bne Noach believe. That the hand of Hashem is expressed through nature, and uh, and Hashem walks through nature. It's a guided, guided evolution or guided, guided uh, uh, creation, and it's clearly seen here. Ten generations. Now, uh, so Noah grew up in Shet, in Shet. Image in a shed line being taught for shade uh, faith, but uh, we, last time we, we said what is what is the meaning of Noah? I'm just going over some point that we uh, we, we we talk about last times. The Noah means comfort in Hebrew, and that's what the parents said. This guy, this young child, uh, will comfort us from from the tilt of our hand. And uh, and the the Midrash said that they hope that he will uh, ease the work of the farmer. And their hope will really be fulfilled later on, because Noah was the first man ever to convert uh, the metal weaponry to metal plow he was the first one to do that, to co- to melt w- metal arrows and swords and make them a, a metal plow how, uh, the, how did he learn this technology, how to do that? Apparently uh, he was only a farmer uh, and he described as uh, planting wines and taking care of animals but uh, the, he, he was married to Naama and, and uh, her brother Tubal-Kain was the master of all iron uh, weaponry in the world. So he had a character to learn from, as we learned last time. And so he took, he t- he did the opposite of, of, of Tubal Kain. As remember, the Tubal Kain name came from the fact that uh, Tubal made spice. Tubal is a spice of Kain. If Kain killed only with, with the hand, Tubal introduced weaponry of, of arrows. He made spices on the art of Tubal of Cain. He made the killing easy. So Tubal made the killing easy. Come come Noah his brother in law and do the opposite. He takes the he he, he make the, 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 the the farmer work easy by taking the art of Tubal and going the other way around, taking a plough, taking taking sword and making a plow from that. So we, we we said last time that Israel fo- the Israel prophet's futuristic vision of universal peace where every nation will melt their sword and 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 create plows. So that futuristic vision already started with Noah. And that expressed well what the Noachite movement is all about. Noach movement is for world peace, for doing just that, to take our weaponry and um, and melt and make a plow, symbolically. So imagine if we take all the money that is invested now in missile and weaponry and invented in medicine, and in the, in the welfare, and in the, the transportation, and you just name it in a good way, that's Noahide work. So one of the slogans, one of the motives of Noahide uh, movement is just that, walking for peace. Not waiting for peace to come, but walking for it. Actively, like, like Noah did. We have somebody to learn from. And then we said that the second explanation of the Noahide is pleasant. That's also a very important notion. He was a accommodating person. Interestingly, his wife Nama, the meaning of Nama, had the same meaning. That she was too, it was very pleasant. Nama means Nama is pleasant. And she was also accommodating person. So both of them were accommodating persons. people, and they were kind of uh, matched to each other from birth, from the moment they were given names. Noah was was such a, a accommodating person that he never scolded or rebuked anyone. We said that uh, uh, even when he saw the wicked people who were running around with all the sins that he committed around him. Uh, he was quiet. He never scolded anybody. Is it a weakness or is it a reality? The Rabbi, some Rabbis said it's an, it's a weakness, compared to whom? To compare to Abraham. Abraham, t- ten generation later, was not quiet. Abraham gave his life. He ran about and he gave his life to preach Torah or, or the faith. Or actually, seven commandments of Noah. Abraham preached the seven commandments of Noah. To people giving his life. He was thrown to the oven. He was, uh, almost died because of that. So Abraham was the opposite of Noah. He was not quiet. He was a martyr, a warrior for Noah, seven commandments of Noah. But Noah himself wasn't like that. Noah himself was, uh, was pleasant. He refrained from, from confrontation. In fact, that that comparison between Noah, Abraham, and Noah exp- actually put you in, symbolically tell you right away what is the difference between Israel, which is a, 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 a said to 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 express what Abraham is all about, what uh, what Israel is, as opposed to the rest of the Noahide nations. So Israel is that zealot. Abraham running around giving his life for Hashem. The Noahite don't have to do that. They don't do that. In fact, there is a whole question I mentioned to you. If Noahite has to give their life, sacrifice their life for Hashem's sake. That's another topic. It's a lachic issue that is discussed now in the literature of rabbis discussing. But most of them said, yeah, we won't go into that right now. Uh, But certainly, even if 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 Noah had get reward for for, for let's say if Shalom, if God forbid they have to they pose, uh, and they have to sacrifice their life for Hashem and they do it they of course get the reward there's no question but they're not obligated in a way that Israel is why because Israel represents Abraham and Abraham was like that he ran around putting his life he didn't care if he was captured by the king or not. So, so, uh, so that's the the notion of Noach, uh, which means it's, uh, it's inherited in name. So Noach is for peace and he's a pleasant person. So Noach is not going to uh, uh, start a new revolution here. Noach is not uh, introducing a new faith, a new religion to the world. Noachites are not going to marshal. Uh, warriors with sword and uh, conquering the earth by the sword and killing anyone who who, who, who is an uh, infidel. That's no that's not Noah, Haid. that's maybe the children of Elohim way. Those who believe in a harsh way of Elohim they will do that. Uh but not Noah. No are, are pleasant and compassionate. And and they 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 they're accommodating, and they are not zealot in a sense. They are not uh, going to to enforce uh, other people uh, to to abide by no by, by uh, seven commandment. Or only only Israel is 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 obliged to do that, but not but not the Noahide movement. Now. Uh, the, I, I'm put here, and uh, uh, it is said that Noahide was a righteous man, and the same word righteous man also is called uh, is referred to Abraham. Abraham was also a righteous man. So he's a he. He's a, uh, who is greater, Abraham that gave his life, or Noah who was quiet? So on one on one hand, we said, just say that the. Uh, Noach that Abraham is greater because he gave his life on the other hand many rabbis say the opposite, you see it in Rashi there beginning of, of Parshat Noach uh, many, many, many rabbis say the opposite well, the, the, the gener- it depends on the generation the generation of Noach was such a, uh, such a tough rejection, uh, such an objector, or rebellion against Hashem corrupt, I would say, not rebellion, rebellion is not a good description, like corrupt, that they would reject uh, Noah anyhow. So he 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 finds out there is no merit to anything he said. So he didn't teach anything because of the generation. Had Noah lived in another generation, he would react, he would probably react differently. So that's the whole debate there between uh, uh, who is greater. On the other hand, the, the 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 rabbi said let's say suppose Abraham lived in Noah's generation, then Abraham would have been nothing because uh, uh he couldn't he couldn't because he couldn't teach anybody. And so on. So who is greater Noah and Abraham? That's a interesting debate, which is the opinion this way or another way. The what's important here is a very um, uh, the very fact the comparison itself is interesting because it shows that Abraham is succeed Noah not succeed Noah in saying Noah is not worthwhile and listen only to me the false prophet says forget about the old one, listen only to me I am the new one, I am replacing the old one uh, Abraham said oh he, he took his soul and he said, "You don't listen to me, Lou, you listen to noah that's a true of it. He didn't produce a new religion uh so how 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 much how how much noah re- uh, refrained from rebuking people." Uh, uh, I gave you here as an example. So when uh, Noah when Elokim told Noach that uh, the flood is coming, and he has to build a, a, a build a, an ark uh, on a near, uh, so Noah actually uh, started to build the, uh, the the ark, but he did he didn't put it on on a, on a seashore, uh, but he put it on on the top of the nearby mountain overlooking the city. So every day for a hundred years, he went every morning with his, with his son, three sons, and they walked diligently and slowly, painstakingly, uh, on, on, on this fabulous ark, on the top of the highest mountain, so everybody could see it. So people started making fun of him, and they said, oh, why, uh, stupid, why are you building your ark on the top of the mountain? Do you think the ocean will rise there? So Noah says, well, I didn't say it, you said it. He never rebuked them, he never told them the flood is coming, he said, you said it. And then they said, well, so you, 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 you're trying to tell us that uh, if you're not, uh, if you're not uh, uh, repenting or living our wicked ways, then, uh, the flood will come? That's what you want to tell us? So he said, well, I think you said that. So, so everything he did, he, he did by, by example, personal example, not, not by, 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 by giving a sermon, and not by preaching, but, but doing things that arose, the interest of the people, and they start to think on their own. And, and uh, that's, that's actually exactly what the, the premise here, what Noah Noahid Movement is all about. Noachide movement again as I said is not by spreading the word by by the sword or not even by evangelizing nowhi movement you spread the word by by example by personal example of living by the seven commandment righteousness and then people will ask you what are you doing then you know you, you, you they will learn from you not by not by going out like a zealot preacher but by like Noah Now we mentioned that the third, the third meaning of Noah is to rest. That's another a very important basic notion or foundation of Noahide movement: to rest. Of course, rest uh, is a, can refer to the ark which rested on the ground. In fact. Uh, it rested before Rosh Hashanah, and he opened up the, the cover. I think on Rosh Hashanah, so Rosh Hashanah is a is a is, a, is a, the first the first the first day of the seventh month, which is Rosh Hashanah, is a is a is part of an orchid phase. That's the day that he he, he opened the cover, he cover and he I think he sent the raven out and so on. But that's another meaning of resting. Not, not only the ark rested, uh, but uh, resting means the Sabbath. In the Sabbath you rest. Enoch indeed is depicted as a person who rested on the Sabbath all his life. He kept the Sabbath. In what way? He was not. He didn't receive yet the six hundred thirteen commandment of Sinai. So he didn't he didn't keep the keep the Sabbath like Israel do with all the stringency of of Israel, uh, but he, he kept it as a, a co- to commemorate creation the story of creation. So he he he, 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 he kept the he kept the, the, the Sabbath to to, uh, uh, to to as a notion that uh, uh, the Elokim. Elohim the judge created the world and he rested, on, he rested on the Sabbath the, mer- the Sabbath is a, going, is a day that uh, the merciful one will, will shine meanwhile we live under, under the kingship of uh, Hashem and Elohim together as a king so all these beautiful ideas uh, that come from the first, first uh, story of uh, first chapter of Genesis as we already alluded to uh, that's what Noah kept that's the essence of the Sabbath. It's more important than any, any other aspect. So, rested, meaning rested on the Sabbath. In addition, the Torah says, uh, the Talmud said that he, he also rested, he saw the Sabbath, not the futuristic Sabbath. The real Sabbath is going to come, the second creation, the next creation day, the eternal Sabbath, he already saw it happening in his ark. As we said last time, the wolf didn't pray on the lamb, and the child play on the snake pit. So all the prophecy that the Israel prophets saw in the future, Noah already experienced it. So Noah kept two Sabbath in his ark, uh, the futuristic and today's Sabbath. That's why his name is repeated twice when the Torah says this are the generation History of Noah, he was a righteous man, so Noah is in a verse that two noah side by side to suggest that he kept two Sabbaths. So if somebody come and say, "Oh, and Sabbath is not for Noach, Noah," he doesn't know what he's talking about. Noachite movement is predicated, is based on, on from the notion of Sabbath. But not like Israel, but the, the essence of the story, the message of creation, and the, and the knowledge of the, of the judgment that we are standing every day, and where we are going, and what is our function, and how we created us, and the idolatry trial, and everything. This is the story of the Sabbath, this is the story of Bnei Noach, and it is also the story of Rosh Hashanah. So, uh, here I I wrote here, and here we come to another feature of Neh Noach. Eben Noach believes that humanity is living on the sixth creational day, uh, traveling in time towards the next day, the eternal Sabbath, which is a kingdom of mercy uh, on earth. One day ben Noach believes the Sabbath will spread out of Noach Ark and cover the entire world like the water cover the ocean or the sea. That's the word of the prophet. The prophet says that one, word, one day the knowledge of Hashem will cover the, 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 the earth like water cover the sea. So here is a, the spread of the notion that one day the spread of Hashem will be not confined only to the Noah Ark, but will go out to cover the entire world, like the entire ocean. In Noah's time, the ocean was covered by a lokim Raf. This was a flood the ocean. But in the future, the knowledge of Hashem will will will, will hover over, over over the sea and everybody, every creature will know that Hashem is Elokim Hashem is Elokim and Hashem is a king alright, so let's move on now, there was a fourth name the fourth meaning of the name Noah. Uh, and uh, we said that he was born uh, when he was born, his father his forefather, Metushelah I uh, fear that uh, uh, some demons, Milos says, would take the child away. So, Metushelach was a very righteous person. He actually was a, a person who would live longer than any other one. The flood didn't come. The flood actually came only after Metushelach died. Hashem waited for the moment, Metushelach passed away, and then the flood came. So Metushelach was a pillar of humanity, he was a grandfather of, of Noach, a literally grand, grandfather, but he this this vision, he saw that Noach would be taken from some demons, so to protect the demons, he, he added M, Mem in Hebrew, which makes the Noach not Noach, but Men Noach, or Menachem. So he uh, he had it in men before and after Noah. So call it he call he, he offered the name Menachem. Menachem is actually uh, savior. It's a, it's Menachem is a comforter, comfort from sorrow. Uh, and that's actually the the Messiah, the son of David is also called Menachem. Is a connection or not? You can think about it. But uh, uh, so he offered that to to protect Noah. Benachem is 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 Noah with Mem in the beginning and Mem in the end. The the fa- the parents declined and he, they 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 decided to call him Noah, which made Noah actually susceptible for the demon to grab him. And let's remember that uh, one demon Nama actually took care of, uh, grab him and actually married to him. Only that we know, as we discuss it, that this demon Nama only was a twin girl that fooled anybody, as the Zohar says. She fooled everybody. So she was not a real demon. And could be that what Metushalach what saw so in the future, that demon will him, uh, actually was referring to that Nama, which was not a real demon. She's after all our mother. But it was a band. A band of marriages between Noach, between Shem family and Kain family. Because all these all mixed couples, the Zohar says, had produced monstrous children that uh, would, 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 would threaten the world, the existence of the world. So that's why they refrain from mixing those two lines in marriages. So how come, and finally the, when Menama when, when, when and Noah got married they really refrain from bringing children to the world for hundreds of years apart from three sons that they finally brought before the flood and even those three sons also refrain from bringing children to because they were afraid they would produce a monster, monster to the world and now we think about how today after so many thousands of years humanity is again divided into those two lines one of them we depicted bar one of one line worship mercy, the other one worship uh, the sword, and in the name of Allah, and uh, and there is a big clash uh, going to happen, and what and and here is a, a little Israel or Noah now born. So how what was Noah? How when Noah was born? So the story repeats itself. And we live again, almost, almost. You know, those we are the descendant of those couple that are actually threatening to destroy the world, unless we are careful and to to remember where we come from. And what is our attack? So it's maybe not incidental that that the Noachide movement is now springing up. It's not incidental that Noachide today, may be the answer, the only answer, to 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 avoid that that. The uh, 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 that's end of time clash between uh, Enosh and Cain again. Only Noah can 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 uh, can stop the bloodshed and the curse. Remember, there was also a curse, Lamech curse, that whoever kill Cain, uh, uh, he will avenge. His, the the family will decimate it up the seventy-seven generation, which is about our generation, our time. So, God forbid, the Lamech curse can finally happen in our time, if you are not remembering the story. I think that's why the Torah put those stories in detail, such detail, so we can learn it. And we will have the wisdom how to handle our own affair, and to understand where we are, what is Noah about, and compared to the rest of humanity and uh, so Noah was also uh, was born circumcised because of a complete righteous person. It was a sign of greatness uh, and, and and it did resemble Adam. So see most people when they saw Noah born circumcised, they made fun of it. They laughed. They thought it is abnormality. Only the parents, the righteous parents, knew that they actually remember Adam. Adam was made circumcised. So they took it as a, as a sign that uh, this little child will be become a new Adam. Which really happened. Which really happened so now there is another question who is great here Abraham that was ordered to circumcise or Noah that was born circumcised it's an open question I leave it to you to decide to discuss to think about but here is Abraham Abraham, uh, uh, being ordered the number 8 commandment to circumcise us what is Abraham? a Ben Noah will keep 8 commandment seven of the inherited from Noah, plus one that he is ordered to circumcise. We will learn it in detail when we get to Abraham. And there was an overlap, the same way that Enosh and and Noah overlapped. They lived together at least 100 years. And uh, Abraham and Noah and Abraham also overlapped, and, and they lived 58 years. Because Noah in Hebrew Nunchet is fifty-eight, so there was an overlap. Now let's go to the Noah faith and see what made him Noah, what made him such a great person. So Noah was raised under the influence of Shet, and so he saw he saw he witnessed how his great 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 uh, grandfather was calling, a sermon, fiery sermon, calling in the name of Ruf, Yashem. Uh, is coming, the Kingdom of Heaven is coming, and he saw, he probably saw, he must have seen, the moral decay that followed that particular teaching. So enough uh, when he grew up, he had to face the question, should he follow Enosh, his mentor, his illustrious uh, leader of humanity, Enoch's teaching, or should he cling to the Adam teaching? Adam teaching was that Hashem Elohim is, is, is a king. Not, not that Hashem is a king. So Noah had to face the, this dilemma. Now, this is now, we are moving now, we are changing a little bit pace now. After the Torah now introduced the two factions Fetching each other, Shet and, 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 and uh, Kain. And bringing us the new character, Noach. The Torah now moves to the heavenly court drama. This is an opportunity to understand the, how the heavenly court operates. There is no other chapter like that in the entire Torah. You can say that this is introduction to the entire Torah, the story of the flood, the story of what happened now how the heavenly court relate to all the sides and how they decide to do what to do and what to do and do, whom to protect, who not to protect and who is talking what uh, this is never to be repeated in the entire Torah in such detail and if you don't pay attention to what happened in Noah you never understand the Torah in fact that's what that's what the rabbi said, you cannot understand the Ten Commandments without basic understanding first of all what Noah was, the seventh commandment of Noah. Not just to to regurgitate and say, Oh, this is adultery, adultery, no, you you can just at least give the list without understanding what Noah is all about. But we are talking about the, 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 the essence of faith, the heavenly court how you cannot understand the heavenly court decision uh, without reading carefully our chapters here, now the flood. So let's read it together. And after after the Noah is described and the children of Elohim and the Filim is described now, what happened at the decay, right there, the chapter, if you open the Bible, uh, chapter 6, 5, and he says, and Hashem, I wrote it here for you. And Hashem saw that the wickedness, in fact, it's the evilness. Evil is 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 harsher than wicked. The Torah here says evil, and we'll explain in a minute what evil is. That the evilness of Adam, not man, as always usually translated, the evilness of Adam. Because Adam is generic name for humanity at that time. So Hashem saw the merciful one. talking about the merciful one. Saw that the wickedness or evilness of Adam was great on earth. And that all the impulses of his heart are evil all day long. Pay attention to every word he's saying here. The impulses of the heart are evil all day long. That's what Hashem is looking. The impulses of the heart, and Hashem regretted that he had made Adam on earth, and he was saddened to his heart. This 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 verse should be put in in a big in a, in a big. Uh, um, banner on every uh, Noahite meeting to understand what, what Hashem is wanting you. and the Torah continue and Hashem said I will wipe out Adam uh, whom I have made from from the face of the earth both men and cattle to creep and sing and the bird of the earth for I regret making them and now the Torah ends up with a beautiful word. You cannot find anything like that in the entire Torah, saying, A Noah found face in the eyes of the merciful one." So let's pay attention to to, the, to to what the Torah says. And in right away, by the way, as in the next verse, will be describing what what, what what was the feeling of Elohim. So right away the Torah describes you the heavenly court. The division what is a shame first present to you, what a shame feel, and then and then what Elohim says, it's a protocol. It's a protocol of the heavenly court. Always to be repeated, to be repeated in any covenant, in any decision. Covenant with Isaac, Covenant with Abraham, Covenant with, uh, with Jacob, Covenant with Moses, on Sinai. The two attributes will speak, the two attributes will come, 1st you you'd have keh Hashem talking about his heart, and then Elohim will talk about his law. And there, you, there is a feature, characteristic, characteristic feature of each attribute to speak. If you don't pay attention to that, you don't know the Torah. You don't understand what Noachite movement means. What's the message of the Torah is all about. So first of all, let's repeat it. Uh, uh, Let's say again that what the Torah says here, that uh, Hashem saw the the wickedness or the evilness of Adam the epoch of his heart. Now the term evil ra in Hebrew, the term Ra is not bad. B A D. Evil is is, is the definition of evil is right here. The definition of evil is what whatever a shame hates. Whatever a merciful one merciful attribute hates in, in what we do or don't do. That's called evil. So evil is not a demon with a, with that coming in the forest with fire. That's European imagination. Don't mix it in the Torah, please. But evil is right here. Evil is the, whatever man does that Hashem hates. Now, what is it that Hashem will hate? It doesn't list here that, that uh, he hated Adam because Adam did this and this and this and this and this, or violated this law and that law. No! The, the, the Torah here emphasizes that Hashem hated what the heart, what is the human heart, the cruelty, the impulses. The bad thinking, the planning of doing evil, of, 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 of raping, it's not only the rape itself, but the aspect of the cruelty of it, of the evilness of it. The fact that people were thinking about how to put, make it again, without, with no shame. With lust for, for, for the sake of fun itself. So that's evil. That's a... That's the that's and here so first of all Hashem talking first and is and, and how does it Hashem react to, to that evilness? Is he angered? No. He's not angered, he's saddened. He's saddened. To 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 whom? To his heart. You see Hashem is concerned about human heart. Because it dwells in our heart and he, and when he react to us he, he said saying to his heart, it will never say it about elohim Elohim will never describe it in that way uh, and 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 uh, what uh, how would how would Hashem, let's pause for a minute and see, let's see, we describe, we want to see, to, to examine this special reaction of Hashem, Sadden. he regretted, he regretted it made Adam and he was saddened to his heart. Now, again, you will not find it in the rest of the Torah, because usually, let's say, uh, in, so, uh, you, later on, in Sodom and Gomorrah. The son of gemora did more excessive cruelty than more than the the the, the, the generation of the flood. Did. When we will come, he will arrive to, to learn about Abraham and son of gemora How it was overturned? he was overturned by the merciful one, uh, grabbing a, a a sword. So so the merciful one is not saddened but but enraged by what? by Son Gomorrah excessive cruelty. And with the story after story after story, you have to, to, to learn it, to understand, what the Rabbi tell you about Son Gomorrah. Son of Gomorrah is not what Hollywood picture depicts. It's not orgies of sex. That's maybe the, the, the flood, the, that would fit the flood. Not the Son of Gomorrah. Son of Gomorrah didn't do that, on the contrary. So kind of they appear very, very nice citizens. Uh, I would say, like the Germans, you know, the Nazis. You know, they they, they dressed very nicely. They, were, they listened to concert. They were civilized, but they did excessive, cruel, excessively cruel thing to enrage the the, the, the merciful one. And we will discuss it in detail how the Midrash described it, how what kind of evilness they did laughing laughing and 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 the laughter there that, that, that the laughter that uh the laughter that uh, accompanied that uh, that uh, uh, uh deeds actually betrayed the fact betrayed the fact that uh, they were rebellious against the merciful one. So when people do uh, evil and they laugh, they mock with mockery. That mockery reveals the fact that they are very conscientious about what they are doing. But they do it evil. So in Sodom, Hashem was enraged, not saddened. Egypt, when finally he threw the Pharaoh to the Nile. To the, to the sea of deed. well what did Pharaoh did before, uh, done before that he threw the Israelite children into the river and with such cruelty and there is story after story what cruelty how, how cruel he was uh, so that enraged whom Hashem the, the merciful one he takes the Canaanite the Canaanite uh, Hashem waited for them to repent for 400 years not allowing Israel to go back to, to to the land of Canaan because the sin of the Amorites were not really were right. I mean, they were the waiting, maybe they will return. And finally, when they finally offered the children to the Molech by fire, well, this sealed their fate in the eyes of the Merciful One. That's why Joshua came and tell or either you accept the seventh commandment and you leave or, or, or I will smother you because you cannot sacrifice human, human uh, lives, uh, human children on the land of Israel so excessive, excessive, only excessive uh, 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 evilness can enrage enrage, enrage the, uh, uh, the Hashem so it's important to note that here at the flood Hashem was only saddened. So Hashem actually, the rabbi note here that it was a miracle because had Hashem become enraged and and he became enraged, there wouldn't be any Noach left. He would be smeared, he would kill anybody. So it was a mercy that was it was in his mercy. Uh, he was not enraged. He was he was only saddened. Uh, now what happened? If let's say, let's go back now to the heavenly court. So if your defense in the heavenly court is saddened and becomes silence, so that give the ground leave the ground for the prosecutor to kick in. So if if a shame is if no wonder that once a shame is saddened, then the luchim starts speaking and he said, well now I see the earth is corrupt I'm going to bring the flood. So and and the merciful one doesn't argue with that with him. He doesn't stop him with mercy. He says, "Oh, let me just say, well, Leave me Noah, and I'll I'll protect Noah." So here we see how how the heavenly court uh, uh, how the heavenly court operates. Here's another point I, I put here for you. And we said, let's pay attention that Hashem relates to us emotionally. Here it says that Hashem, uh, that Noah found faith in, in the eyes of the merciful one. Huh? She liked him. So Hashem, in the eyes of Hashem, we either, she like us, or she hates us. Emotionally. It will, they will never find a verse like that in regards to Elohim. Because Elohim, the judge, actually judges us according to our deeds. There is a scale, and either you are a wicked one, as the Rambam says, either you are a wicked one or a righteous one. And, and so you, it's nothing to hate or to like. Either if, if you are wicked, you get punished, if you are righteous, you get reward. He doesn't relate to you in terms... Ash- Elokim won't relate to you in terms of emotional. It doesn't, it doesn't judge your character, he judge your deeds. With the, with the merciful one, with shame, it's just the other way around. She liked... she liked... Uh, she liked... she found no fun face without... The Torah doesn't elaborate what it is, but you can imagine. That to find face in the merciful eyes, it's not enough to, to it's not enough to adhere to the law. To find a face in in her eye is to be to do her work. It means you have to to be compassionate, forgiving, and merciful one. So I can imagine that she saw in Noah a compassionate person who could take care of the of the animal. He probably took care of sick people. He probably went around and saw, he didn't rebuke anybody, but he probably helped a lot of people who were, who were, who were uh, 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 wounded or killed, or, or not killed, but uh, uh, was, were uh, beaten or whatever, uh, uh, raped by, by his fellow men. So he did merciful things beyond the law. That's why she, she liked him. She picked him up, said, this guy will be compassionate enough to take care of my animals. That's how she related to him. And Hashem is always relates to our heart, not to our deeds. Alright, I think we here we come to probably end of our today class, and, and we'll continue... Next time, I want to to a little bit about the heavenly court decision. We are not going to read the, the, the flood in entirety, because we leave it to another topic. We are, to remind you, we are still learning about creation of Adam, creation of Adam, and we are, we uh, created how Hashem was, how Elohim made us layer by layer, a consultation, and introducing idolatry, the Sixth Commandment, idolatry, and we are in the frame of now discussing what idolatry is, how the, what's the remedy of idolatry, uh, so what is the remedy here, that uh, uh, the next verse says, uh, right after that, that Noah was a righteous person, who walked with Elohim. The right way, Hashem, uh, <coughs> Hashem he, he walked with Elohim. Here is a notion that Noah was not only or not only adherent to Hashem way, merciful way, but he he adhered to Elokim way at the same time. He he, he did the op- he didn't follow Enoch by thinking, okay now we can sin but he says the opposite. He was more careful with Elohim. So he kind of, he adopted Noach a, a, a kind ways, with, with endless ways together. And that's what Judaism is. That's what the Judaism means that for the Shem Elohim to, 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 to never forget the, the, the absolute justice and the absolute mercy. So tooth for a tooth and eye for an eye is the absolute justice. That's what the King would say. At the same time, uh, the merciful one would say, oh, wait a minute. I'm around here too. Consider me too. So that's why Jewish court never uh, took an eye for an eye, tooth a tooth, literally. But it took the two, the two notions together and tried to compromise to find a way between the two. That's know how. Any, any question for me? Uh, we cover a lot of things today we need more thinking about any question for me? did you hear me? is everybody asleep there? okay, uh, so you heard me fine, yes, okay, fine that's fine so I'm, uh, I'm so glad uh, and uh, think about uh, what the... I, I'm going to tr- put everything we said here on, on the internet with uh, uh, so you can read it and digest it uh, and uh, so you read it, digest it and think about it and we will continue that and we finally go back to to the story of Adam creation, we, have, we are not full with that so you have a uh, not to sleep, enjoying you. Okay, fine. Uh, have a nice week, and uh, it's so appropriate for our time these messages. And uh, I'm sure you will you 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 really uh, it, uh, enrich your it reach our understanding what Noahite movement is all about. Okay uh... You have a nice day, and please read the. the I, I put it on the internet for you to digest, and read it, and reread it. Try to fit it in. Read again. Take the Bible now. Take the Torah and read the verses again, and see how what I said now fit what I, what fit what. And then you can you can you can understand now how because that's my purpose. My purpose is to allow each one of you. To open the Bible on its own and read it right. And understand the message right. Fine. You have a nice weekend. Why? Well, see you next week.